experience and my life experience, and uh, for various reasons. And I remember one time I was working at a TV station on where I was working, and we were remodeling a, a control room. And uh, there was a professional sheetrock crew that was there to hang all of the sheetrock on the walls. But we were helping because we wanted to get things done faster. And so uh, another guy and I were helping. And we went out and they cut a piece and brought it in. And we put it up to hold it up there so they could screw it into the studs. And as we did, we saw it didn't fit. And uh, the guys who were the pros out there, they said, uh, that ain't going to work. <laughs> It's not going to fit no matter how much you try to mess with it. It's not going to fit. I said, well, man, I thought I had that right. And they said, haven't you ever heard of the phrase measure twice, cut once? And I said, well, I think I've heard of it somewhere, but apparently I didn't use it on this. And so they called me from that point on as a joke, and they used it quite often during the rest of that project. Measure once, Billy. That was my nickname. Because they knew that I didn't really know what I was doing, but by only measuring once, I missed it. So measure twice, cut once. Many of you who have a lot of, I know many of you out here do a lot of that kind of work, and you know uh, that is something you've known for a long time. But look, there's been many designs and plans and projects that have been ruined by people cutting inexact measurements. That's happened. I'm, I'm sure if you've worked in this and done this even as a hobbyist or as a professional, that's happened to you. If you take a measurement that is even just a, even slightly imprecise, it doesn't take much, just a smidge. You can, it can result in a board or a, or a two-by-four or a piece of sheetrock or some other piece of material that just won't fit where it's supposed to go. And that winds up causing problems. Now, a knowledgeable tradesman, a person that knows these things, will double-check calculations and, and look over blueprints. They call it a takeoff. They'll look over the blueprints before they even buy the materials. They'll know what they need by looking at that. They'll even uh, do that before they plug in their first table saw or power tool or whatever it is. They're going to make sure that they purchase the right materials, that they, that they do it in a way that they trust something Besides their eyes. And that's what this is. So if you measure this, and you look at what you're going to measure, you can look at it with your eyes and miss it almost every time. You like, There's nobody really that's going to be able to say, that's six feet, four, and three-quarter inches. Because if it's off even by just a little bit, it's not going to fit. It's not going to work most of the time. And so when you have this, you want to trust this as opposed to what you can see. You don't want to trust the things that you see. You want to trust what's going to be right. Measure twice, cut once. And as Christ followers, I believe the same is true for the way that we need to, 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 to live our life. There's a, a verse that somewhat ties into this uh, idea that I'm trying to share here. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Many of you know this. At least I would say most of you do. And it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of our ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So don't trust in what you see. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust in the things that you think are right to, to your mind. Trust in the measure. Trust in exactly what it is. Be precise. 
And if you walk through the difficulties of today's world, and I'm going to tell you, I said this in prayer earlier, I believe this time that we're in, in this part of 2020, may be the most difficult time. It's the most difficult time in my memory. That in terms of all of the things from COVID-19 to the civil unrest, all the things that are coming together at one time, it is a difficult time right now. For a lot of people and for us, it's just a, it, it's a season of difficulty. And if you're going to walk through the difficulties of today without direction from God and without Him leading you, it's like you were going to go out and frame up a house and cut all your framing without measure. That's not going to work. <laughs> I can tell you, well, no matter how smart you think you may be, how smart I think I may be, it doesn't matter because regardless of the talent that the skills that we bring to the table, whatever it may be, we will ultimately fail. There wind up being a lot of waste in our lives, a lot of unrealized potential, a lot of uh, uh, times where there will be missed opportunities. And those are things that we don't want. And, and this is for dads today especially. But the best way to measure twice and cut once is to follow God's blueprint for living, guys. There's only one way to live, and it's God's blueprint for living. That blueprint is contained in this book here. We call it the Holy Bible. We call it the Scripture. You can, it's not done in your car holding a book anymore. If you've got a phone, you've got the Bible. If you want to read it, if you want to consume it. If you've got any other kind of device, you've got the Scripture. You can listen to it. You can read it. There's no way you can say, I don't have the ability, time, or, or opportunity to do it. It's everywhere if you choose to. And that's the blueprint. And it will result, guys, and again, I'm speaking to everyone here certainly, but mostly to the men in the room today, and then more precisely then, I guess, to the dads or grandfathers or wherever you may find yourself there. This will result, that way of living will result in the best outcome for you as a dad, as a husband, and really... As a, uh, as a member of your community. This is the way to do it. And it's the best chance for success in your family. So measure twice and cut once. The other thing you got to do, guys, is this is something that, <laughs> I don't know if you're like me, but is follow the instructions. You know what I mean? I don't, I'll tell you, I never have tossed an owner's manual for anything. I had it at my house, and she'll remember my wife. We'll remember, I had it at our house. Binders, three big, thick binders of all of the stuff they gave me when I moved in my house. Every manual for every microwave, oven, AC unit, hot water heater. I never used them, <laughs> except when I maybe first got them. But I had them and I kept them. And I think, you know, it was really brought the light to me when I moved here to Fleming Island almost a year ago now. When we moved from Fleming Island, you know when you move, you get stuff and you get rid of some things that you find that you don't need anymore and you just sort of clean out. I wish we could have even done a little more of that probably. But I found a manual. This is true. That is just a year ago. I found a manual for a VCR. I didn't have the VCR. I didn't know the last time I owned a VCR. <laughs> there are people probably in this audience that don't know what a VCR is if you're young enough. But I had a manual for it. By the way, I tossed it. <laughs> I got rid of it. But why do we do? Why do we keep those? I think a lot of times men want to have the manuals to things because they want to squeeze every bit of usefulness out of the uh, whatever that item is. It could be a piece of electronic gear. It could be a tool. It could be your car. You want to you want to do that, and you want to also know how to. Keep
gives you the best use for the purpose you have it for the longest period of time. And uh, again, as a, if you're a Christ follower today, and I hope all of you are, if you are a Christ follower today, you have the most complete, total training manual. Again, it's a blueprint, and it's a manual, owner's manual, training manual for your life right here between the covers of this book. I want to emphasize that today. There's a real reason for it. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But if you want to have a godly, spirit-led life, that's where the answers are. That's where the instructions are. And it's not complicated. It may be sometimes hard to execute in your life and to actually perform on it, but to understand it and to be able to walk in it, it's all right here if you're willing to read it and apply it. And so Proverbs, you know, Solomon wrote Proverbs, very wise, as we all know. 1620 says this, whoever gives thought to the word, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. How many need to discover good in this world we live in today? How many people you know or that you see on the news or wherever need to discover good in this world today? What it says is, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. And then, of course, then blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. But Joshua 1.8 says this. I love this. I love this. I love the book of Joshua. But, man, I just love this. Listen to this. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it. Day and night, so you will be sure to obey, which is required. That's the hard part sometimes. You will obey everything written in it. Now, here's the kicker. Only then, now that's a big, that's a big statement right there. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I'm going to ask you, you don't have to raise your hands. But who wants to succeed and prosper in everything they do? Everybody! There's how you do it. Study this book of instruction. It gives you the blueprint right here. Meditate on it. Obey it. And then you will succeed and prosper in all you do. And dads, that means you're going to succeed as a father. That means you're going to succeed as a dad and as a husband. You're going to love your family. You're going to lead them to God. That's the answer. Following the directions or the instructions, as was written in that verse. Found in God's Word keeps us calibrated with God's will and plan for our life. I'm going to repeat that. Following the instructions in this book keep us calibrated into God's will and plan for our life. It keeps us in alignment. And the Scripture ensures that we have everything all the information we need to properly live out God's purpose and plan for our life. So, we've got to follow instructions. Real important. The other thing we got to do, guys, is we got to take care of the tools that we have. You don't have tools if you don't take care of them because they won't last very long. And for those of you out here, and I know there's many of you that do, I know we've talked to a few of them about, a few of you about it, um, they have a great investment in tools. You know the importance of care and maintenance. If you don't even just store your tools properly, they'll rust or, or they'll get damaged by something else and they'll not be useful anymore. So you have to have good maintenance habits or they just 
been in this place today. That's so important to live a successful life. To be a great dad for your family, you need to be in fellowship with other men. There's another way to do that. July 11th is the next time. Once a month, we have a meeting here. Every man in this church should come to that. We have a breakfast at 9 a.m. It's awesome. People get together, and we're in fellowship with one another. July 11th, men of courage, be there. Be in fellowship with other men. The next thing you can do is there's a, a, a meeting we have, a small group meeting every Monday for men, called the Man Cave. It's a thing that, that, that it's just for men to talk about man things. And it's a, it's a secure and safe environment, so you can come in and share from your heart. I think the saying they have, they robbed it from the commercial in Las Vegas. What happens or says said in the man cave stays in the man cave. And that's a good thing because we're there to sharpen one another. Iron sharpens iron. Be in fellowship with other men. But look, if you want to properly care for all these tools that, that God has given us, that sculpt and that shape and that and that smooth, all of these things that produce this fruit of the Spirit, the love, patience, kindness, all the things we just said, if you want that to happen, then you have to be worshiping God. You have to be in His Word. You have to pray. I'm not going to give you a prescription of how much or how you do that, but you have to do it. And you need to be in regular fellowship. Come to church. I'm not here to try to get on anybody that doesn't come. I don't judge people about it. I used to a long time ago, but I don't anymore. And, I, and, and because it's not my decision, but I will tell you this. When you miss church on Sunday morning, this is just for everybody. This is for me. When you miss that, you miss an opportunity for fellowship. You're missing something that God wants to do in your life. And so I'm not here to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but I have to speak to what I believe is true and necessary. You need to be in fellowship, and especially men today. You, you, you've got to be in this place where you're locked in with other men and other people in this church fellowship that we have here at First Assembly. So another thing men don't like to do is ask for help. <laughs> are, are any of you like that, or is it just me? I mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, you know, we're just, it's a notorious thing there. Many things said about you know why Moses wandered around the desert for 40 years because he didn't want to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> By the way, just for anybody that's wondering, that was a joke. Somebody's gonna go back and play that back and say, Did you see what he said? No, that's not in the scripture, that's just a joke. But we don't like that. We also don't follow directions very well, do we, Christina? <laughs> following them is another one. I, I, I heard a story about a guy one time that said he, he had brownies and he looked at the, uh, the, the instructions on the back and it said, bake for 30 minutes at 250 degrees. He said, I'll bake them for 15 minutes at 500 degrees. That's the way men are. That's <laughs> why we're impatient and we don't always just follow instructions so much. But look, if you are a uh, if you're remodeling a house or if you're doing any kind of a project like that, an extra hand is always one that's going to come in handy. Having help is a good thing and a time saver. Solomon, again, you know, uh, we talked about him in Proverbs. He is the writer of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says this. Any of you have heard this, but again, it was it always worth repeating. It says, two people are better off than one. This is the New Living Translation. For they can help each other succeed. Two people are better than one. That makes sense, right? On its face, just common sense. Two people are better than one. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone.
alone is in real trouble. Listen, God did not design us, men and all of us, but men today. He did not design us to go through the hardships and the difficulties of life alone. He did not make it that way. That's not the economy of God. That's not how he set this whole thing up. And that's like Solomon wrote about it. Jesus spoke about it. John 14, 26. He says this, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, New Living Translation again, as my representative, Jesus is speaking, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the concept of that. I like the idea of me being able to walk around in my life and come to a place and it's like, I got a choice to make. I got a fork in the road. I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. I'm going to do it this way or I'm going to do it that way. And then there's this Holy Spirit, this representative of Jesus, tapping me on the shoulder, saying, hey, remember what Jesus said about how to deal with this? Think about that for a second. Reminding us of everything that he has told us. Hey, remember, remember what Jesus said how to do that? Remember how he said to deal with this situation? I was talking to Pastor Bill about one yesterday. And I thought, man, Jesus told me exactly how to deal with this. I didn't need to call him. <laughs> but I did anyway. But it's just that little nudge reminding us, hey, remember what Jesus said, how to handle this, how to deal with this? That's a big thing to have in our life. But he didn't just send the Holy Spirit there. He gave us each other. Men, we need this more than any. Romans 12, 5 talks about it. This is the Passion Translation. And so it is in the body of Christ, it says. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. Listen to this. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. If you have an accident in that construction analogy we've used, I've used here today, if you have an accident in a workshop or on a construction site and you're by yourself, a simple accident or an accident that might just have caused one little bit of a problem can actually turn into a life-threatening thing if there's nobody there to help you. Falling off a ladder or you know, having an accident with a power tool. Without somebody there to help you, it can go from an accident to something that threatens your actual life. And, and look, the same, I believe, is true. It has been, has been and is for me in the spiritual journey that we live, asking for help and having someone around, and I'm speaking of this in a spiritual context now, men, asking for help, being willing to ask for help, and having someone around when you need it can literally save your life. It can save your eternal life. That's important. It's important. And we need to be in that type of covenant relationship with one another in the authenticity of the relationships we can have with one another. Men's dads. It's that important. The other thing we need to do is be patient. How many men are patient? Stand to your feet, please. <laughs> but by the way, there's no one this <laughs> If I had a chair, I'd sit down. Um, man, very few projects you work on are finished in a day. In the, in, the, in the things we've been talking about today. Sometimes you just got to know when to call it and start the next one again. We had a, a, a cabinet painting uh, in our new house that we moved into. We had cabinets that were a color that my wife didn't like. And 
sealed cabinets on the door. And they took them and they said, well, when are you guys going to bring those back? They said, I don't know, two or three weeks. I'm like, two or three weeks? What? They said, well, no, man, we got to put these in our shop. I'm like, well, two or three weeks. And they, they said, no, man, we got to sand them. We got to then put a primer on them. Then we got to let that dry. We got to put a first coat on, do a little more sanding, touching up, and all that. put another coat on. So they actually did all this stuff in their shop. And after he explained it to me, it made complete sense. But it takes a lot of patience to do that. Some that I didn't have, but thankfully he did because he did a quality job on the work. But if I would have said, no, we got to have those back tomorrow, it would not have turned out very well. And generally speaking, we don't have that kind of patience. But look, you can't rush the process of those things. You can't do it with concrete. If you pour concrete, you can't walk on it right away. It has to cure. It takes time to do that. You have to have patience. And I'm going to tell you, many a construction project, I had a house that was being built one time, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, many projects have been messed up or even ruined some parts of it and had to be redone because of a lack of patience, because it rushed through it. And our lives are like that. Our lives are like building anything. But it's a process. It's a work in progress. We are a work in progress. And God, if we allow him to, if we choose to, he is constantly shaping, sculpting, sanding away the things that need to be gone away, putting out the code of the new things that need to come on. The, 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 the new veneer that sometimes it gets messed up a little bit, he'll sculpt it and shape it a little bit more. That's what God does. And he primes us. He gets us ready for things. That's what God does if you allow him. And if I could ask our praise team to come as I'm closing here, Paul wrote about this to the Corinthians. He wrote this. He said, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Now, this, again, is the New Living Translation. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. See, God is trying to turn us every day a little bit more like Him. Be a little bit more like Him. And He's shaping us and molding us if we allow Him to do it. And as any craftsman, true craftsman, would tell you, the very uh, most amazing pieces that you will see of workmanship are ones that require a degree of patience and time and perseverance to get it to the finish point. Where you want it to be. And Paul wrote this also. Now this was to the to the Philippians. Chapter 1, verse 6 in the Amplified Version, it says this. Again, remember, God's the He's the master craftsman here. He's the one molding us and shaping us if we allow him to do it. And it says this: I am convinced and confident of this very thing that He who has begun a good work in you, will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. Folks, men, dads, if he started something in your life, he'll keep perfecting it. He'll keep shaping you. He'll keep he'll keep sanding away the stuff and putting the new coat on. He'll keep doing these things if you will allow him to. Keep working in your life to develop you to be more like Him. And He'll perfect it, the Scripture says. He'll complete it. He'll finish it in your life right up until the day He returns. But we have to make a choice. So men, be encouraged.
Step right here. This is important. 